you heard that us females are a feline breed? That kittens purr according to its needs. I'm a different kind of cat. I like love. And that is that. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another DMV Comic Book Nerds podcast. Today, we are reviewing Riverdale Season 7, Episode 17, Chapter 134, A Different Kind of Cat. Meow. I'm Freddie, and I don't know who's more excited to see Josie, Clay or me. <laughs> I'm Kennedy, and I'm hanging out in the bathtub, if you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Maddie, and I'm awkwardly taking a bite out of an apple. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, w welcome everybody to our podcast. Like we said, we're here to discuss today's episode. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot of uh, conflicting thoughts and opinions. <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, yeah. Um, quickly, I'll give you guys the uh, episode details. This episode was written by Ariana Jackson and Evan Kyle, and it was directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan. And first thing I just want to say about that is uh, both the writers and the director for this episode are black. And I just want to say I see you guys uh, and I thank you guys for uh, seeing me like as a black viewer. I, I don't know if a lot of black people are watching Riverdale at this point. <laughs> but um, well, the I, question is, is anyone watching Riverdale that, at this point? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair thing to say. <laughs> the, the ratings are pretty low, but. I just want to let them know that I appreciate them, I see them, and I think that they're doing a great job. <laughs> um, on that note, uh, let's give a quick episode summary. In this episode, Betty enlists help from Cheryl and Tony after deciding she's going to publish her own book. Veronica, Kevin, and Clay host Hollywood movie star Josie McCoy, and Archie's attempt to take his poetry to the next level doesn't go as planned. So... First impressions. Candy, what do you think generally of this episode? Well, I was super excited to see that Josie was coming back, and I was not at all disappointed by this episode. I think that it was a great reintroduction to her. Um, her actress did an amazing job. I loved the, like, kind of, I don't know if it was, like, transatlantic accent that yes. she was doing the whole time. Yeah, I noticed that, too, I yeah. She was great. It was so fun. I, I loved it. She did a really good job of selling it. I loved her outfits. I just, I loved the whole thing. I thought that she, like, I loved the song that she sang at the end. Yeah, like, I thought that the Josie storyline was by far the strongest in this episode, and it made me really happy because, like, I think that we had said before that it's a shame that Josie got written off, mm -hmm. and seeing her return and, and get the due that she deserves by being a... Uh, Starlet is really nice. I couldn't um, agree more, yeah. <laughs> as for the rest of the... Well, okay. As for the rest of the plot lines, um, I, I guess now we know why Miss Grundy was brought back. Kind of. For this? Is this what we, we needed at this point in the game? <laughs> I don't know if we needed it, but it did happen. <laughs> I mean, it did... It was... It did 
get a few chuckles out of me. It was kind of funny, but it was also still kind of weird and unnecessary to me, the Archie plot. Like, I'm kind of frustrated that this is what we're getting from Archie at this point in the show. Like, um, we can talk more about that later, but yeah, that didn't hit for me as well as the Josie stuff. Um, Maddie, yeah, what, and sorry. Also, oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, no, I'm going to let you finish up your, your general thoughts. Very briefly, is that I'm a little disappointed that we're still doing the horny Betty storyline. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Maddie, what are your thoughts so far? Yeah, um, so it's interesting. I, I, I think I'm, I'm agreeing a lot. Like in isolation, I feel like I really, really loved this episode. Actually, yeah, I had so much fun, so much fun with Josie, and yeah, I just echo. We'll we'll talk more about it too. But yeah, like Ashley Murray doing <laughs> doing like a Lena Horn Eartha Kitt sort of thing, and I, I, I just loved seeing all that, and I was dying, and then I was so stressed about Archie's plot the whole time, <laughs> that it kind of sent me on a roller coaster, um, and we could talk more about that, um, and there's there's other things I really love, like, I really love Betty and Cheryl, like, having this sort of fun friendship in the episode, so there's actually a lot that made me go, yes, and I think I'm just, it's just me again being like, what is going to happen in the next three episodes that leaves me uh, just wondering what we're spending time on and why. But um, but I think overall, I actually really, really liked this episode. Um, up front, I do want to say that the synopsis for the final episode came out this week. Uh, did either of you read that? I did. I Right, like I, when I first saw that it, it had come out, I my instinct was to try to avoid it and not read it, but at this point in the game, especially because we're podcasting it, I can't really avoid these kinds of things, so I'm like, I might as well just read it and just, you know, uh, take it for what it is, because like, it, they do keep the synopses pretty vague, like not, they don't give away all the details, so... But I feel like this was a pretty big, like, giveaway. Because we learned that we're going to see, like, 86-year-old Betty. <laughs> and that's, like... The, so, obviously, as you said before, you uh, said that someone had mentioned in an interview that they weren't going to get out of the 50s. And that's true. They don't get out of the 50s except by living through the 50s. They yeah. just get really, really old. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... I, I read that, and the first thing I thought of was, oh, no, are they going to do some crazy CGI stuff? Or, like, like how are they going to make them look like they're in their 80s? Or maybe they get different actors. I kind of think that getting Ooh. different actors would be the move, but I don't think they're going to do that. They did get different actors for Tabitha and Jughead for when they did their little uh, time bubble, didn't they? You know, when they got at the end of season six, when she aged them up and they yeah. lived their whole lives together. But that wasn't the whole episode. That was just like a quick scene. Um, who knows? That's the other thing is, it's, it's the last episode. Yeah. So it would be. I wonder if they're thinking like it would be disappointing to fans if they didn't have the same actors. I'm they'll probably just use a. a they'll probably just use an AI filter on their face. <laughs> like the yeah. Snapchat agent. I, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I have no idea. I was thinking they might use, they might cast a different actor, and then they'll actually just do a lot that's like <laughs> flashbacks that show us what's actually like what was this? What was the fateful like? I don't know. Final, final moment. Who, who knows? Who knows? I think I, I'm my brain is racing. <laughs> I think they did. I think um someone did release a picture of uh like an old picture I want to say of Veronica, Tony and Cheryl but with the aged up filter. Did you see that? It was floating around the internet. I did not see that. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> um but also about the 86-year-old Betty thing like um I have to shout out the Riverdale After Dark podcast because they had this hilarious tweet um the uh are you familiar with the Black Betty song? Yes. Uh, so they they, they they changed the lyrics. They were like, uh, <laughs> what did they say? Um, it basically, it was like, 86-year-old Betty, bam ba -lam, she has a special friend, bam ba -lam, they go get their memories back, bam ba -lam. <laughs> It was good. <laughs> like, that's been stuck in my head all day. Um, but yeah, enough about that. Let's get back to this episode. Um, yeah. What do you want to talk about first? Well, should we talk about our favorite uh, storyline? Should we talk about the Josie storyline first? Uh, I feel that, that will that will save the negatives for last, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> we can talk about I mean, the I positives not, first. That, yeah, it's certainly not my intention, but I'm also just like so excited to talk about it. Okay. Me too. Uh, I, like, I gotta say, like, I, I, I have a big Josie fan. Like, if I had my choice of cast members return for this season, she is at the top. Um, it's her and Sabrina. So, I kind of had, you know, both of my favorites pop up this episode, although the Sabrina one was a little less, uh, enjoyable in the sense that we didn't see Kieran and Shipka. But, um, still, you know, this is a fun episode overall, like, I've been. I was very nervous to see how they were going to do Josie because it was pretty clear that they weren't bringing back the other Pussycats, Val and Melody. Um, so I was wondering if they were even going to give them a shout out, but I guess that's not something that was in the cards for this episode because they, they they basically rewrote her, and I noticed they rewrote her to be older than the rest of the teens. Um, did you notice that? Yeah, this was something that was pointed out on Reddit very astutely, is that, like, yeah, she is older. She has, like, an established career at this point, so it's not obvious how much older she is, but she's, like, older. Yeah. Although her and Veronica interact as equals, I yeah. would say. Well, you know, Veronica <laughs> always acts above her age. Like, she has her own business. She has her own yeah, place. Own <laughs> yeah, she invited her to stay with her at the Pembroke. Like, she, Veronica's basically an adult in the kid's body, or a teen, or she's an adult... <laughs> in an adult's body, playing a teenager in the 50s. <laughs> yes, a lot of, lot of layers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I really did like this version of Josie. If, if this is all the time we're going to get to spend with her, I think that they knocked it out of the ballpark by, you know, making her a Hollywood star. I guess she's more of a theater star. And then she's trying to have her first big motion picture based off of a play that she did called Going Uptown. Um, and this is actually a play. It's not a real play, but 
it's influenced by um, a play called The Wild Party, and Eartha Kitt played a role in it where she sang a song called Moving Uptown. So they kind of used that as influence for this song, Going Uptown. Um, and I love Eartha Kitt. Like, just, uh, I think, you know, she was one of the first big uh, Catwoman style, you know, like, like, because she was Catwoman. Um, she, she was an iconic performer. She did the perfect, like, she had, like, she had her R's down. She was like, um, you know, just what can be said about Eartha Kitt? Uh, just the way, in her whole career, you know, like she had to fight the uh, racial injustices of being a black woman in Hollywood in the same way that Josie had to here. So I think they drew on her history a lot, amongst others. Like you mentioned, Lena Horne and a few other people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. Like, they... Ashley Murray is just such a talented performer. Like, there are definitely times when I watch Riverdale's, um, like, songs, like, musical numbers, differently from you, Freddie, of course, because uh, I know that you really like it when they do musical numbers in Riverdale. But I'm a little more biased against them. But, like, both of the numbers... I guess one of them was kind of, like... It was, it was a little on the border between a musical number and not being a musical number. It was like kind of but spoken like word and that, dancing, that one? Yeah, but I still like really enjoyed it. It was kind of out there, which I liked. It was perfect. Like, 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 like the whole title, A Different Kind of Cat. Like we were singing a different kind of Josie and like the song was perfect. Like it was, like I said, it was more of a, it was not quite a song. It was more spoken word and, um, and it just allowed her to do something different that she's never done on the show before. And she's done so many different things. Like, she, she'll sing jazz. She'll sing pop. She'll sing, you know, everything. Broadway. Like, she kills it every time. Yeah. What do you think, Maddie? Yeah, well, I was just thinking, I like... There's there sort of this... I, this, is, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but, like, I really love... <laughs> even, even though it's very, like cheesy and on the nose in a certain way but like i loved um when she's when she's visiting um the black athena uh club mm -hmm. and talking to everyone because i almost kind of saw it as a way of again because it's like this is a different josie but in a way it's like she's talking she's almost like talking to what like the original josie was which was sort of like she was this black student kind of stuck in like weird small Riverdale and like was not treated well by the other cast and it was not the cat not the real cast but you know what I mean like in the show she kind of got the short shrift and stuff and so her being like don't compromise like be the star it was like you know it's a little playing out of both sides because again Riverdale the creators were the ones who you know actually kind of you know, shunned her character a little aside, and they could have done more with her. But at least they, I think, you know, have admitted their mistakes with it, and you know, giving her this sort of showcase episode. You know what I'm saying? It felt, at least, especially knowing like who the writers and directors behind the episode were. It's like this is them sort of showing, like, this is what you could have been doing with Josie all along, kind of. <laughs> kind of. I mean, yeah. uh, it's it. This is um, a Josie who's further along in, in, in her career. I mean, even the Josie... Although I will say that the Josie of um, season five did hit the career heights um, when they when they had the Return of the Pussycats episode. But, um, you know, it's, 
I agree with you. Like, uh, and I've said it all along. I think Riverdale has done their best to try and uh, you know make up for the fact that so certain characters, especially black characters, have been underserved. And um, now, I, and I agree that it was like a very pointed message. Like, say, like she was like everyone. When everyone was praising her um, talent, and she got a question: Did she ever have to compromise? And she was like, No, like I don't believe that any of us should ever have to compromise our individuality. Um, she also talks about vulnerability and how important that is uh, when you're acting or doing anything artistic. Um, and it was just really cool. I, like, I, I, I just really appreciated uh, that scene. Like, cause I noticed how the black Athena literary club had more members than it ever had to this point. So like, it was, I was impressed with that. And um, not only that, but they brought back all the characters who were there before. Like, so you got Tony clay, you got, um, well, they didn't have Tabitha, but uh, they also had the two other members who were there before, and then they had a bunch more new people. And I, I would have shown up too if I got to meet Josie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also noted that fun little detail of the fact that, like, it seems like their club attracted a lot more people on the day when the when the theater star slash burgeoning movie star was there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I thought that was really that was really nice and also i, I want to agree with you like i think it's nice that they're both prioritizing black storylines and then also like getting black directors and writers to do these episodes because it seems like they've heard fans saying you know like you guys are setting aside a lot of the black characters or you've written a lot out a lot of the interesting black characters and they like saw people saying that and they're like you know Maybe we are doing something wrong. Maybe we should do something to rectify it, which like, is it's nice. Like, I gotta say, I will never forgive them for making the spinoff show Katie Keene instead of Josie. Like, I was like, this <laughs> Josie earned the spinoff because she served her three seasons plus, like, one episode at the time. And then, uh, and Katie Keene had never even been on Riverdale. <laughs> She could have been like a side character in Josie's show. I don't know. Why wasn't it called Josie? She was in every episode. Or like, in the comic book, she had her own title called She's Josie. They could have called it that. Um, Maddie, not... did you see Katie Keene? I, I never actually watched Katie Keene. Josie, Josie was <laughs> all up sure. in it. She was, she, had, she was a major character. Um, yeah. And also, you meet... Other Josie and the Pussycats characters, like Alexander Cabot, Alexandra Cabot, like, they even shout out her manager, Alexander Cabot, in this episode of Riverdale, because uh, Josie is impressed with Fangs, and, and she says she's going to connect Fangs to Alexander Cabot. Um, but, yeah, I, I felt that they kind of didn't give her what she deserved with Katie Keene. And then that show got canceled after one season. And then she went to go do Tom Swift, uh, which is a very like uh, pro-black show. Like uh, she was in every episode, she was one of the main characters there. But then that got canceled after one season. So I I've always kind of felt bad for Ashley Murray. And then she came back for Riverdale to do like season five, where it looked like they might make a Josie and the Pussycat spinoff. But of course, that never happened. So it's it's been a rough go for her. But I think it's not because of talent. Or star quality, so to speak. I think 
I'm just thankful that she she came back and she killed it. You know, like I I wouldn't expect anything less from her because she just she always brings it. Yeah, definitely. She's always been one of the best actors and performers on the show. So it's just yeah, really. And I almost wonder if you know, as a tribute to her, they you know they really rewrote Jones' character, like gave her a whole new character to mm-hmm. play because she could. You know, she mm-hmm. could pull it off very easily. Yeah, very very talented. So let's back up a little bit and talk about, uh, you know, her and how she gets involved with Veronica and the Babylonium. Um, like, I loved all her fashion this episode. She looked amazing. Um, she pulls up to the Babylonium. And was that a limo or just a car? I don't know. Um, but she's very fancy and, and Clay very excitedly lets... Veronica and Jughead know that she's here because Jughead is in the office with Veronica because they're going steady now apparently. Uh, let's talk more about that later. But um, yeah, so Veronica is surprised to find Josie there because Josie wants to um, do some test screenings of her new movie. And yeah, Veronica immediately recognizes her. She says, you're a famous Chantouse founder of the Black American Theater Project and Tony Award winner. Um, and she's familiar with the Broadway musical Going Uptown. So um, so now Josie is writing, directing, producing, and starring in the movie musical version of that play. Um, and it kind of reminds me of Z-Way. Have, have either of you watched any Z-Way? Like she, uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, like, like, so you've probably seen like on her show. She, she, she has all the credits. Like it's like written by, directed by, produced by, like, like sets, everything, <laughs> costuming. Like it's all me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it while I'm laughing and, and while it is kind of funny, it it's also not that funny because um, it's kind of disappointing how it kind of shows how in history black people don't always have the opportunity to be uh, in a starring role unless they do all the hard work themselves, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to belabor the point. Yeah, I mean, that's more, like, point. re-emphasized later when we find out that Josie has funded the whole thing herself because they didn't want to give the leading role to her. And, uh, like, she's put her neck on the line for this project, which I thought was, like, a a good twist to add to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, she succeeds, which slay. Yeah. <laughs> like even though we don't get to see the film ourselves, we 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 can take everybody's word for it that it was great. Um, in fact, not only was it great, Josie said she needed it to explode like an atomic bomb. <laughs> I feel like this is an obvious shout out to Oppenheimer. Like they did kind of their their Barbie call out with um the Miss Teen Riverdale and they did a Don't Worry Darling at the beginning of this uh season. So they love to like shout out all the pop culture stuff. I feel like now we're in the 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 Oppenheimer moment where not only did they mention atomic bombs twice in this episode, but it looks like the preview for next episode is leaning more in that direction. <laughs> Atomic bombs this 
episode, and it seems like next episode, atomic bombs are going to once again be not not just a, a, a turn of phrase, but an actual problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, the like the nuclear scare was a big part of fifties life. I think. Um. I mean. Yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. And I I am very excited for the black and white episode uh, as as a continual of uh, Riverdale's metatextual conversation with Twin Peaks, but we could talk more about that next time. <laughs> oh, yes. I Well, let's put that on ice, because I would love to talk about that next time. Cool. I, I don't know anything about that, so I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the whole episode will be in black and white. I don't know. But, back to this episode. Um, yeah, any other thoughts about... Um, Josie's plot? I don't think so. Besides, like, the the Jughead and Veronica thing. I don't know when you want us to talk about that. Well, I I gotta say, I really liked um, the line Josie had where she was like, 8 a.m.? Oh, no. (laughs) I roll out of bed leisurely and start drinking espresso at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You will see me at dusk, and not a moment sooner. <laughs> You'll see me at... That was, that was really funny, too, because I don't know how intentional it was, but probably, because Roberto is, is, is the showrunner, but um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Afterlife with Archie, which was sort of the, the horror comic um, that, that launched Roberto into eventually being the creative officer of Archie Comics. Um, mm-hmm. It never finished, and the last issue of it was introduced, like, Josie and the Pussycats, and in that version, they were vampires. <laughs> so I liked that Josie was like, I only appear at dusk. Right. <laughs> think of how she was a vampire in Afterlife with Archie. <laughs> yeah, definitely giving vampire vibes. Um, and I love it, because I'm a night owl myself. I'm like, yes, Josie, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love um, that she got to my... hang out with, with uh, Clay and Tony and Veronica like at the dark room. Like They stayed there late until, like, after midnight, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say my or one of my favorite parts was yeah when I like I like Josie being like oh rock and roll's not my cup of tea but he's got star quality and then her saying can he play the bongos and I like Veronica being like of course he can and I thought it was gonna be a whole thing where <laughs> Fangs did not know how to play the bongos but <laughs> he did and it all worked out. Yeah, he pulled it out. That's like... what I was gonna say too. Was I was expecting it just to be that Veronica was lying and 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 he was gonna get up there and be like. I don't know what to do with these. <laughs> well, I feel like you can't go that wrong with bongos. Like, it's but not she like was playing them pretty well. It's not like it's <laughs> yeah, not like uh, she asked him to play the, the 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 tuba or the saxophone or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I was an auxiliary percussionist in high school. Uh, I played the triangle, and you may be surprised to learn this, but there is a wrong way to play the triangle. <laughs> I believe it, um, but I do have to say I was more impressed with Fangs, um, when he when at the last like when when they were screening the film, at the premiere, and um, everything went wrong, and then Josie was like, "Well, maybe I can stall for time. How long will Veronica? How long do you need to get a band ready?" And Veronica's like, "Well, Fangs is here, so give me sixty seconds." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, what are you gonna do?" 
what was Fangs doing? Was he a one-man band? Like, was he playing all the instruments that we heard during that performance? Because I don't think so. Like, I had to, I had to suspend my disbelief for that. But uh, it was, it was great though. I also have to add, I wrote in all caps about how much I was screaming when the when the film like popped at first, and when Veronica was like, "We're not friends." She snapped at them. She she lost it. I have never seen Veronica that mad at her friends. She was like, she was like, yeah. we're no longer friends. You have to pay for full price from now on. Get out. <laughs> and then Josie was the reasonable one. She's like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, that was funny. Um, and like, and that when the film popped, it, it had, had immediate flashbacks to last episode when. When the film went out, when Archie and Reggie were <laughs> watching their video, um, but luck—I mean, because at first I was thinking back, I was like, maybe they are bad projectionists. But then it wasn't Kevin and Clay last time; it was Archie and Reggie. That's true. Um, oh yeah, and I liked how all the boys—I liked how all the boys of Riverdale were staffing the premiere <laughs> at the Babylonian. Yeah, Archie and Reggie got their jobs back. Like after they quit before, they're like, "Well, for 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 this big movie premiere with Josie, of course we'll come back, Veronica, and help you out." <laughs> um, and the Jughead doesn't have to work because he's their special date. <laughs> so I have to ask you all, um, the the first performance Josie did, a different kind of cat. Do you know if that is a reference to something, or was that original? I don't know. I've been meaning to look it up. I'm looking it up, and I, I think it might be it original. To something, but I don't know that for sure. I think it's original because when I look it up, I'm not seeing anything other than Riverdale. Huh. So that's kind of cool if that's an original thing. Um, but I can't it's say really for certain. Quite unique for them to come up. I mean, I know that like in the '50s, the art scene was was actually quite different. So they might have been doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it was probably in, in influenced by, uh, I don't know, like like beat poetry or like or maybe like the the spoken word stuff that they they were doing with Tony earlier, you know. Um, but I gotta give credit to the Imperial Mammoth team, like the music producers on this show, because um, they mentioned that this is their last work for Riverdale, the whole series. Like these are their last songs that they worked on, and. Um, and they shout out Ashley Murray for, you know, just being amazing, both on this show and on Katie Keene. So, you know, it's we're getting close to the end here. Um, yeah, I kind of liked how the Veronica Josie relationship calls back to, you know, season two, I guess, or was it season one? I think it was season two, where they were friends, and and Veronica was. A, Pussycat temporarily until she tried to steal the Pussycats away. Do you remember that? I, I do remember, remember that very well because <laughs> yeah. I just rewatched it with my friends. <laughs> yeah, that was a whole uh, moment. Um, yeah, I, I was reminded of the fact that, like, Riverdale Josie in high school was she had a much more, like, high school ish storyline than a lot of the other characters did in that. 
her mom had really strong opinions about what she should do with her talents and her mom was also like really well-meaning but also like a little bit overbearing at times and when i was re-watching it i was like that's actually a really realistic high school storyline whereas at the exact same time archie's getting like propositioned by an fbi agent um and betty's like just discovered like she's just met chick and chick is like watching her sleep and like convincing her to do cam work <laughs> yeah uh, although betty also has an overbearing mom um isn't that the truth <laughs> Um. Oh, we do get to see like if you watch Katie Keene long enough, you'll get to see uh, Robin Givens come back as uh, Sierra McCoy, and they kind of reconcile, I think. Uh, and I do. She's she's in Return of the Pussycats as well, right? I think. I don't recall her in that uh, one. Did she? Mom. Oh, maybe she showed up a little bit. At the very last. At scene. the yeah, at the uh, at the, when they're performing. Yeah, well, because she's the one who, like, set, helps set up, like, why there would be a spinoff of, like, oh, you have to go solve the mystery of, like... No, no, I, at the end of that episode, it was some, it was a guy who was her dad's friend who was like, I knew your father. He's dead, and you gotta go investigate his murder. It might have been a ghost. <laughs> okay, right, right. I was conflating it in my mind, but I feel like, I feel like Sarah McCoy's there. I feel like she might have... I can't, I can't remember. I don't, I don't recall her too much in that episode, but she definitely has a big role in the episode or two in Katie Keene. Um, but yeah, here, Josie seems to be an adult, which I think is interesting because, like, I really don't think that there were any teen black stars in 1950s. Uh, I mean, another thing this plot reminded me of was um, Ryan Murphy's Hollywood show. Did you, either of you watch that? It was on Netflix. I did not. not It was pretty good. It was just like a one-season show. Uh, It was a... Was it in black and white? No, it was in color. But it was um, set in, I guess, the 50s or in the past. And it was a a lot like this season of Riverdale. Like, they were trying to put on a movie with a young black girl as the lead. And she was getting support from... um, the woman who was in Gone with the Wind, I want to say Hattie, uh, Hattie McDaniel. Uh, Hattie McDaniel. Yeah. Like, uh, they had uh, Queen Latifah playing Hattie McDaniel, uh, trying to give support to this young actress. Um, it was good, because, like, it wasn't just about her. Like, everybody involved with this movie was trying to put it on at a time where they were facing all these repressive forces. Like, they also had... Um, an Asian lead, like uh, they also had a, um, a a gay character, I guess. Like, it was kind of interesting, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like Riverdale in the sense that they were trying to tell a progressive story in in the past. In the, it was historical fiction, you know. Yeah. Um. So, like, yeah, the, Riverdale keeps pulling out all the references here, but um. Yeah, I, I don't think I have too much else to say about the Josie plot. Um, just glad to see her back. Um, I hope that Val and Melody survive the comet. <laughs> They're out there somewhere living their best lives. Um, yeah, that's my only regret, that we didn't get to see the three of them. I agree with that. It would have been nice to see all three of them. 
but I mean, I didn't really expect them to come back. I don't know. First of all, Josie's always been a pretty independent figure, and she's always had like, I don't know, like she's always been kind of splitting away from them a little bit. That's always been a tension they've had. And then also, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know how the show would have would have fit them in as much as I would have liked to see them again. But they got written off what feels like relatively early to me and it just seemed like the show didn't have space for them which is a huge bummer but yeah i mean at least we got their comeback in season five like i feel like that was a pretty strong uh episode um all right so let's talk about jughead and veronica we need to talk about this (laughs) (laughs) so like they show up at school and jughead's like do you want me to walk 30 seconds behind you so no one makes a fuss and Veronica's like oh no my signature color may be purple but I am no shrinking violet and so she's like we're gonna walk down the hall together we're gonna have our hallway scene just like just like Archie and Cheryl just like Cheryl and Kevin just like Clay and Tony <laughs> uh, it's, it's our turn now so they do the hallway strut and there's a song playing called come on by the sharps and Everybody's looking at them. I bet he has a funny reaction. Did you notice that? Yeah, that was that was just that was crumbs, you know, for the for the bughead. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I wasn't sure if it was crumbs for the bughead shippers or was it, um, or was she that or was she making that face because she still likes Veronica? Now, my personal interpretation is she made that face because how dare he do this when Ethel is somewhere in the hall. Right, where is Ethel? Where is Ethel? Yeah, like they mentioned her. Um, like, like when when Jughead draws a picture, she he mentions that he's no Ethel. I'm like, you're right. Where is Ethel? Why isn't she drawing this comic book? (laughs) They couldn't afford to have her for this episode. They really just gave her Miss Teen Riverdale and shipped her off, didn't they? Yeah, I I mean they really did. Do you think we'll see her again? Yeah, there's there's three more episodes. She could show up again. I she better. But yeah, I was like, it makes sense that Betty is looking at them kind of weird, but the the rest of the high schoolers turning and looking at Veronica and Jughead holding hands, I was like, why do you guys care? Oh, just because like it's <laughs> gossip and it's like, you know, like and they're so different. Like on the surface, you would think, um, you know, Veronica's rich and Jughead is poor. Like, oh, this is juicy gossip (laughs) i guess but also like i guess i don't know how high schools were in the 1950s but they were holding hands not like making out no but back then it was such a big deal like when people it was like do you remember when on facebook it was a big deal for people to be like in a relationship or it's complicated blah 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 that's actually a little before my time (laughs) probably but but that was (laughs) a thing yeah, that was a thing in the 2000s, and then back in the 50s, this was the equivalent. It was like, oh, they're going steady. This is how they're making it official, you know? Um, like, they had these... When you think about it, like, culturally, it's like, oh, that's a prelude to they might be getting married. Who's to say? Right? <laughs> like, Carol and Yeah, things escalated quickly back then. <laughs> um, but I love the line... Um, Jughead said, I've never had so many peepers on me at one time. <laughs> and then Bronca's like, 
Well, if it's any consolation, I haven't gotten this much attention since I arrived to school wearing my sexy witch costume. So, of course, she has a flashback to the Halloween episode um, where we kind of picked up on the fact that they were trying to reference Sabrina back then. Um, but here they go full on. They're just like, so, Jughead, do you have a thing for sexy teen witches? And he's like, well, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, and this is... And, yeah. Yes, yes. Like that's when the idea came to him, like a light bulb. Like all we needed was like a a cartoonish thought thought bubble above him where we could see Sabrina. Because like, oh, but right away we do see him drawing a witch, and at, at at first it's Veronica, the teenage witch. And I will give them credit for letting Jughead draw this because he has a different art style than Ethel. He draws in this classic Archie style. Like um he like they might have even gotten one of the main Archie artists to draw it because it looks like a Daniel Parent drawing. Like, um, it looked pretty cool. I thought. What do you What do you all think? Yeah, no, I I really like I, I like this part of the subplot just because I'm kind of a sucker for all the meta stuff they've been doing with like Pep Comics and mm -hmm. and again I'm like this is all leading up to Jughead clearly creating Archie comics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to be the only thing that's like wholesome enough for it to get published because they don't like uh, they don't like horror comics. They don't like witch comics. They barely even like Super Duck. So what's left? <laughs> yeah, I saw that comment. I saw that like opinion expressed earlier on Reddit, Maddie, and I I totally agree with that. Like, I think that's what they're going to do is is be like. Jughead writes Archie comics and then through some sort of loopy, like crazy, whatever that gets turned into Riverdale. Um, but yeah, I I was actually a bit disappointed. I thought this was going to be a build up to us seeing Sabrina in this episode, and then we didn't get to see her. So I didn't expect to see Sabrina, the actress. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised when they when. He brought his drawing to Mr. Fieldstone. He's like, oh, no, this is way too sexy. We got to rework this. Make her blonde. Make her a half-witch. Change her name. Like, he had so many suggestions. He was like, this isn't going to fly. So so then he, then Jughead does change it to Sabrina. And we, we get to see a very classic-looking drawing of Sabrina with her cat on the broom. Um, and then Mr. Fieldstone says, um, you know, he loves it. He thinks it'll help make... Pep comic successful again, but then later on we quickly find out, oh no, it won't because they don't approve of that either. Because of course, why would they approve of a witch during a witch hunt? You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I gotta say, like you said, Maddie, this was very meta because for people who were fans of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, I think they were very much calling out what happened to that show, how it got canceled because. Um, well, it did get like four ish seasons, um, or I guess they called them uh, parts. But on Sabrina, the TV show, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa definitely upped the, the the Satanism, the human sacrifices, and, and, and but here, like classic Sabrina had none of that. 
And even that doesn't fly in terms of the comics code, apparently. What, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I was actually a little bit surprised that they weren't successful. I like this. I like it when they, this is such a, like, a low bar for Riverdale to, to jump, but I do like it when they try to do things and they're unsuccessful. Like, I thought it was nice that Jughead still went through all that trouble to change um, the character to be more palatable, and then, um, <laughs> and then it was still wasn't enough, and, uh, like, they still failed, but at the same time, I cannot say that I was super invested in this plot line. I love Jughead. I think it's really fun that he's making comics, but like the Betty is horny plot line, this has been going on for a couple of episodes, and getting this close up to the end, I would really prefer to see some kind of introduction to the more, like, serious plot lines that we need to resolve, like the Comet stuff, or even just the, um, the Milkman. I mean, yeah, I agree. You know, like, you know I want to get some more details about the milkman but i will happily pause everything to talk about sabrina like, <laughs> like uh what about you maddie that's, that's fair yeah oh yeah i i, I feel both ways or, or like uh, kennedy I, I feel like maybe i'm just a little well i don't know yeah maybe 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 this black and white episode is gonna gonna give us give us the creepy stuff back i don't know i I'm fingers crossed but um yeah, I mean, I've kind of given up that they might get back to that, so I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I might as well see Sabrina, which I, I do really like um, Sabrina references. I, I have a I have a crazy thought, which I don't think will be true. I don't think they got Karen Shipka back, but how crazy would it be in this, like, we're going, you know, we're, they're, they're old and we've, like, flashed into the future, but, like, they get really meta and then they show, like, that they did make a Sabrina TV show and then Karen Shipka's just... Sabrina, and it's just a clip from Sabrina. I would love that. That would be cool. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, so let me ask. So, Candy, you you didn't finish Sabrina, right? Like you watched, you started it, but you probably didn't. I think you said you didn't finish it, right? That is correct. I started it. I think I got through the beginning of season two. Okay. Uh, what about you, Maddie? How much of Sabrina have you seen? I'm. I actually te- technically same. Yeah. I only. I only in full watched the first. Uh, and then sort of, I think, saw snippets here and there. But, um, yeah. All right, well, I got to say, I'm a big Sabrina fan. Like, I was growing up in the 90s where Sabrina was on TJF, and, like, that was my first exposure to, like, live-action Archie stuff. Like, I mean, Archie wasn't in it, but, like, it was Archie Comics. And looking back on it, I'm like... Like, that was uh, probably... At the time, it was the most, like, like un- until this season, Sabrina was the most comic book accurate, like, thing, because it was very sitcom, it was very light, you know, um, and then... Oh, yeah, and I, I loved the old Sabrina show, too. And, and so, like, I watched that, and then I also watched the new one, which t- took a much darker turn. So that's what I wanted to say about this, because, like, they're both calling out the fact that um, you know, the comics code people are against, which is on principle. Even though in the comic book, Sabrina started out very light and jokey, like it wasn't it wasn't dark at all. And then now, 
nowadays they 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 did they did add Satanism, they did add human sacrifices. Um but then the the line that really got me was when Mr. Fieldstone said, Sabrina the teenage witch just ain't gonna fly. Cause I took that personally because in all in the entire Chilling Adventures show, we never saw Sabrina fly on a broom. I'm like, how do you how do you miss that? Like what are you doing? Like, there was one point where she was like, I might do it. Uh, she was holding the broom and she was, she was acting like she was going to jump off a building, but she never did it. And I was like, what are you doing, show? Like, um, maybe they didn't have the budget for that, but they had the budget for other stuff. Yeah, it's interesting because it's interesting she does fly in the Chilling Adventures comic that the, mm-hmm. started the loose in the yeah. show. So yeah, yeah. She always flies on a broom, except for in the 90s, she flew on a vacuum cleaner. And even that, like, I love that. Like, just give me something. Like, witches fly on brooms. At least in these stereotypical witches. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm disappointed about that because, because honestly, it's 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 their fault that the, that Sabrina's not flying. That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... Veronica reassures Jughead. Um, she says, um, it's still a great idea. Maybe if you wait a few years, you can get back to it. Um, Veronica is very reassuring in this episode. Like she's, she's supportive of Josie. She's supportive of Jughead. That's nice of her. Um, yeah, she's definitely much, like, she's very much a support system in this season, I feel. Like, anytime anyone needs anything, she's like, I gotcha. Jughead needs a suit. Jughead needs more furniture for his, like, train car house. And that's why he says, are you sure you're you're not a teenage witch? <laughs> <laughs> she practically yeah. is. Yeah, and earlier she, she, you know, she gives Betty lingerie. She gives Betty her place to stay. You mm-hmm. know, she's, she's very, she's very, uh, generous yeah and um i liked how at first because jughead is disappointed she says that he doesn't have to go to the premiere but then he says that he doesn't want to miss it because like it's a big movie premiere he loves movies and then she's like luckily of course i've got the suit ready for you it's in your size it's, it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like uh well, she, she thinks of everything yeah and she's not pushy like she, she didn't say you have to come i already have the suit she's just like well, if you want to, you know, um, it's ready to go. Um, yes. go it's interesting because I thought, I, I almost thought the way this was going to go was when he had to, like, retool Ver- the sex teen witch Veronica into Sabrina. I thought she was going to be mad about that, actually. But right. she's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, probably they didn't have enough time in the plot for her to be mad, but, um, or maybe she's, maybe she's just not egotistical. Like, she, she she was flattered by Veronica the Teenage Witch, but she did agree, like, I am too sexy for comics. Like, <laughs> I'm just like Veronica Lake. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it is cute that Veronica is Jughead's muse for this episode. Um, so, in a roundabout way, I, I enjoyed that plot. Like, I, I like how they made the Sabrina stuff try to happen here. Um, you want to talk about Archie? Let's talk about Archie. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's dive right in. Um. I didn't care for this. Me neither. 
Like, he goes back to Twilight Twist. He goes back to Twilight Twist this episode for seconds, as they say. She rejects him. That's because he didn't bring any money. He brought her flowers. Yeah, she was like, this means nothing. Yeah, it was kind of like, Archie, do you not understand how a prostitute works? Like, you have to give her money for her to have sex with you. She does not want to date you, Archie. Yeah, clearly clearly they had money last time, or presumably they had money. That's... You know what? That's a great point. It's not clarified to us why she's rejecting him. The obvious answer is that he hasn't brought any money. But also what she says specifically is like, oh, I don't date, especially not like little puppy dogs like you. Yeah, like the implication I got. children. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. It's like, well, why didn't you think of that last time, Twyla? I mean, I do think that this scene of him showing up with the flowers is obviously like, Oh, he's starting to catch feelings. Like, let me shut this down immediately. But on top of that, he he was not flashing any cash. Yeah, like, why are we doing this? Like, I I really thought that they had learned something back in season six about this plot line. And now it's clear that they haven't learned anything. Um, I don't know if I should blame the writers or the showrunner or, like, or the script editors or whatever. I was like, like, what is... Why, why Why? in every universe is Archie a victim of toxic masculinity? Every universe. Because uh, in seasons one through six, you know, um, he was dating. I don't even know what to say. He was having an inappropriate relationship with Miss Grundy. And, you know, well, maybe that's not... Toxic masculinity. Maybe that's just. Um, they definitely put him in some weird situations, and they continue to put him in weird situations in terms of like his sexuality, and like it seems like him and Betty were kind of getting a thing, and then he just dropped it and decided to, well, do a bunch of other stuff. All right. Some people have made the point that Archie and Reggie. Should have had a threesome with Betty. She's been so horny this whole time. She she imagined a threesome with them. I know. <laughs> How did they miss that? Would have been perfect. Ugh. Because I'm sorry to say it, but sometimes this show is a bad show. Yeah. Although <laughs> although, although I will give them credit this episode for like trying to call out the double standard of boys, you know, being celebrated for their sexual conquests and girls not being celebrated for it. Like, um, I feel like they're trying to make some kind of point. I just don't know what it is. Well, I, yeah, I mean, so I agree because, like, I, so to move to move forward a little bit, that like, so then he his his horny brain then you know redirects onto Miss Grundy. It's mm-hmm. like, oh yes, my hot teacher. <laughs> I should I should pursue her. And then when so when he does his performance at the dark room, where it's very obviously a poem about Miss Grundy mm-hmm. and. Every I I like that at least it was framed as everybody in the audience is uncomfortable. Obviously, this universe, this friend, is uncomfortable. And it's like no, she, no, no. She's like, my husband wouldn't like this. Did I tell you about my husband? Have you seen my ring? Like my husband, I have to go home to my husband now. But um, but like, but I agree with you that I'm like I I don't know that that would they didn't need they still didn't need to do all this. I think. 
addressed it in season six about like how messed up everything was but yeah i think they were trying to show like that again because everyone had that reaction of like oh god like what are you doing archie this is inappropriate and terrible um to contrast with season one where yeah everyone was like "Ooh, it's so cool that uh archie has a hot teacher like you know like as funny as archie's bad poem was i don't know if it was like worth it like I, I do have to read out this line he said a teacher's pupil brings her apples and sinful thoughts with which he grapples <laughs> i thought that was a pretty funny rhyme yeah <laughs> while she teaches he sits through classes wondering how she looks without those glasses and then he looks at her while he's he, he looks at her nerve. and then he takes a giant bite out of this apple that like <laughs> Is symbolic of the one he gave her earlier. She says she loves Red Delicious. Um, and, th uh, and that's the same thing Twyla called Archie. She called him Red Delicious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, is, there is some funny uh, stuff in here, but it's just like, I just, at, at this point in the show, I'm like, this is not what I wanted. Like, I wanted this Archie to stay innocent and not have his innocence ruined by older women. <laughs> um, like, Maybe it's acceptable in those times. From from our times, it's very icky. Very weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting how... Well, so I thought it was interesting how they... they Miss Grundy, like, she, she sort of redirects it and, like, shuts it down without naming that that's what happened. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it, it's sort of interesting. She's just like, we're not going to talk about love poems. I want you to write about... <laughs> Your deep, dark secret. Right about pain. And not about the pain of heartbreak. <laughs> right about other pain. I'm <laughs> and I'm Well, it, it, she successfully yeah, does that. Like, Go ahead. I was going to say, it seems like the show apologizing to the viewers for how they handled it the first time around, in my opinion. Mm, I, like, they want to do a different version of it, where this time when Archie comes on to Miss Grundy, Miss Grundy is like, this is inappropriate. I don't, I don't get that. Like, I don't agree with that. Because I feel like, for me, the apology was in season six, when, when he was talking about his trauma with Betty. And Betty, you know affirmed his trauma and, and told him it wasn't his fault and, like, helped him to move past it. Like, I feel like that was the show taking it seriously. Here, it's so much of a joke. I'm just like... It just... I don't know if it works as a mirror situation to season one. I don't know. It's just... It doesn't... It doesn't feel good. <laughs> like, I want Archie to have a I mean, fun plot at the end of the series. Yeah. But I guess it's coming full circle, I guess, for what that's worth. <laughs> um, so Archie indeed does write about pain. He, he, he writes about his dad, losing his dad. Um, he, we see a picture of Fred in army uniform. Um, you know, Archie sits down to write a poem that's very heartfelt about Fred, but then later on Frank finds it and is a total ass about it. He's like, what the hell is this? 
Don't you ever write poetry about your father again. You're exploiting his sacrifice. How dare you? Yeah, what an out-of-pocket thing to say. Yeah, like, do you think that Uncle Frank just got emotional reading the poet, the poem, and then was like, oh, no, I don't know what to do with emotions. Like, I'm not, I'm a man. Like, this <laughs> is unacceptable. Of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do think that's part of it, but it was so, <laughs> it was just so over the top. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it has to be, because, like, Archie needs a challenge, but it, it's definitely over the top. It's a weird way to end the episode, like, is this Archie's struggle for the rest of the season? Is he gonna, like, can he write poetry or not? Like, who cares? He's not gonna have time. There's gonna be a nuclear bomb. <laughs> he can write about that. Pressing issues. <laughs> well, um, it is kind of interesting that most of the main characters have become writers. You've got Archie writing poetry, uh, you got Jughead writing comic books, and then you've got Betty writing the Teenage Mystique. So should we talk about Betty? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of this plot, um, Candy? Well, I do also agree with Maddie that uh, Betty's friendship with Cheryl is really cute to me. And, um, yeah, like, I like that Betty is finding her voice and finding a creative outlet. And also, like, I love that little scene when Betty reveals to Cheryl that she is... Um, the girl next door, quote unquote, yeah. is writing the teenage mystique, and Cheryl's just Cheryl just goes like full fangirl mode. It's mm -hmm. like, oh my god, I love the girl next door. <laughs> I thought a lot of the storyline was really cute. Mm -hmm. um, I I could have done again, as I said before. I've not been a huge fan of the horny Betty storyline. Mm -hmm. Could have done without that repetition later on in this episode where Betty learns how to um, masturbate, and I. I get it on one level, like, I get that that was, it was very different back then, and that was something that you would have to learn probably later in life, especially if you were a woman, but also, like, I don't know, it felt gratuitous to me, and I didn't enjoy watching it. I'm happy to entertain opinions to the, to the contrary, but I didn't necessarily care for that aspect. What about you, Maddie? Yeah, I... I think I think that's fair, and my 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 hope is actually that by finally uh, finally introducing Betty to masturbation, maybe we can just leave Horny Betty behind because now she doesn't have to be obsessed with uh, finding finding a finding a partner for for her own needs, and then we can move past it. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I have to admit, I sort of as as. I think, yeah, as you say, it's a little maybe exploitive as, as it was. The, the entire Great Balls of Fire like, sequence was just one of the wildest things I've ever seen on Riverdale to me. Just the way they edited it all together that I kind of had to applaud it a little bit. I mean, yeah, I kind of liked it. Like, I, yeah. I really like, I mean, I'm a sucker for Fangs. Uh, I mean, I liked his performance. I liked, I liked how this was a next step in Betty's journey. Like, it wasn't just a repeat of her having a sexual fantasy or asking the same questions. This is, this was something new on that journey. Like it is the same journey, <laughs> but it's, it's a new step. And I, and it was, 
I thought it was well, well written how Cheryl kind of introduced her to that. Um, although I, again, I feel kind of like this show is just continuing to press the boundaries of what is acceptable because, like, you gotta remember that these are supposed to be teenagers, and it's not that teenagers aren't sexual, but when you are sexualizing them on TV in this way, it's it gets weird because, like, you got Cheryl and Tony planning to, like, publish their sexy pictures in a magazine. I'm like, this is skirting the edge of child pornography. It's not cool. Like, what are That's you doing? That's what I was thinking, too. Like, they're 16-year-olds. Yeah, like, 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 it's one thing if they want to have fun, you know, amongst themselves in private or do whatever they're doing. But it's another thing for it to be put out into the world into like that's their that's their goal this episode they want to publish a book you know yeah yeah and yeah with the, the cover too although i did, i loved i loved pin up betty but yeah so i also was like huh so you're gonna you're gonna print this book cover of this child in a pin up okay i don't know how that's gonna work yeah like it's like what uh, yeah like as much as the josie stuff hit for me all this other stuff I don't know if it hit for me as much. It's kind of off, but um, or as 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 Tony said, it's off the cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's so easy to forget that they're supposed to be teenagers because they look like adults, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, these are not adults. And then they're dressed in fifties clothing, which makes them look older. Like so, I swear, sometimes Archie looks like a grandpa. Like he still looks hot, but like a hot grandpa. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. So, you know, the, this show is going to do its thing until it dies. But, <laughs> but um, I gotta ask you guys about about Betty's um photography session because we see her in lingerie and glasses, and I'm like, Betty has never worn glasses, and I'm asking, like, is this for the feminine gaze, G A Z E, for the for the female gaze? <laughs> Because, because, uh, I liked the glasses. Okay. I thought they were very hot. <laughs> Maddie, what'd you think? But I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think that that's column A, and then column B, my other interpretation was just Betty being like, well, I have to show I'm like a smart author, so I'm gonna put on glasses. Like, I'm sexy so and smart. Like, I, it's just yeah. such an interesting contrast because in this very episode, we have Archie talking about the trope of men are more attracted to women when they take their glasses off. Um, like, that's a trope. Mm. And then here, Betty's wearing glasses, although we've never, ever seen her wear glasses, ever. She doesn't need them. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm not saying she didn't yeah, look sexy. Did I'm just wondering, like, where did they come from? Yeah. <laughs> um, this also makes me think Archie definitely is not happening <laughs> with these last three episodes. Unless... Unless Betty wears the glasses next episode and Archie takes them off. How about that? He'll be, like, he'll be like, Betty, I've never seen you this way before. <laughs> In fact, he's seen her that way his whole life. I don't know. My brain is fried watching this show. Um, That's how I felt. I felt, I felt so unable to process uh, most of this episode, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, 
I just like I'm in denial about the fact that we're so close to the end and this is still what's happening. Like I'm not saying I'm not enjoying it because I am, but we're really close to the end of the entire show. Yeah. Well, what do you all think about the fact that Betty is seemingly taking over like the narration of the show? Because like it used to be Jughead narrating most of the show. I I've been wondering that myself. Like I haven't rewatched all the old seasons in a while, but it was like I started noticing it because Jughead was very clearly narrating most of this season for a long time, and then yeah, it stopped somewhere, and I was like, has has that happened before? And like I feel like Jughead still is usually the narrator. They gave up on a lot of stuff this season. They were like, first of all, let's get rid of all the old plot lines. Second of all, let's get rid of the thing where we used to reference like a movie title in it, like every episode title. And then now they're like, let's get rid of Jughead as the narrator. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I mean, I think it's part of Betty's plot. And like, I've always said, who is the main character of this show? Is it Archie? Is it Jughead? Is it Betty? It's definitely not Veronica, sorry to say. Yeah, <laughs> Veronica's definitely a supporting role. <laughs> In this show. Yeah, yeah, Betty, Betty definitely is kind of the strong contender of like I would say the the writers and creators maybe preferred main character. Yeah, like, she's definitely like one of the favorites for sure. Um, maybe it should have been Betty the musical. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we need a Betty. Apple's <laughs> <laughs> the star of the show. We just like we didn't see her on screen, but she was. In all the scenes. She was in the background. <laughs> I like to think that Ethel saw Jughead and Veronica and she was like, whatever. And she's just she's just dating up Ben Button and they're having a lovely time. Right? No, I want her with Dilton. Because Dilton, yeah, Dilton has more character. That one's better. Um, and, the, and, and a big... Dilton is, uh, yeah, and he's packing. Well endowed. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, I think that uh, we should probably move on. <laughs> um, any other things you want to talk about with this episode? I think I got my main points. Yeah, same. All right, um, I do want to shout out that we did see a little bit of Midge. Fangs calls Midge again, tells her about his plan. To uh, get her out of the sisters. Like, at least someone cares about Midge. <laughs> and, Mi and Midge is actually looking pregnant now. Yes. <laughs> Finally. Um, yeah, I mean... I think it's time to write this episode. You guys ready? Yeah. Alright. Uh, Candy, is it a 10? Maddie, what about you? Is it a 10? 
I think I have similar reasoning to you, Kennedy, but I'm going to give it an eight because I, I feel like what I really liked, I really, really, really liked <laughs> this episode um, in isolation of knowing it's uh, one before the last three episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't need to rehash it more, I think. I just, I think I just felt so positively about um, the Josie stuff that it still edged its way up there for me. Likewise, like for me... Um, I wanted to give it a 10 based off of Josie alone. And I was like, yes, this is a 10. But then I remembered the Archie plot and he was there. And I was like, oh, well, got to knock it down. Um, and then also the Betty plot. So I think I'll also give it an eight. Yeah. I'll give it an eight. All right. So that's that. Um, a different kind of cat. <laughs> um, we already talked a little bit about what's next on Riverdale. We're excited about that. Um, is there any other media you'd like to discuss? I'm just reading uh, really boring translations of German texts, so probably not. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything we might be familiar with, like uh, some Nietzsche or something? If only I was reading Nietzsche. Um, I'm reading a guy who talks a lot about Nietzsche. His name is Ernst Junger. And, uh, yeah, I'm reading a book that he wrote about doing a bunch of drugs. So if anyone's interested in that, it was just translated into English only in uh, 2020. And if anyone wants to translate some of his novels for me, that would really help me with my research because <laughs> I don't speak German. Um, but I highly doubt that I'm going to get any uh, fluent German speakers to hear this this cry for help. So... <laughs> But, yeah, Ernst Junger, you can look him up. I'm sensing a common theme. Like, last week you mentioned a writer who was doing a lot of drugs. Was it Kerouac? Uh, you, well, okay, so the, the topic of my of, of my research project is, like, writing media and drugs. So, yes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, that's, that's why. It's not just a, an interest. It's it's an actual project that I'm, that I'm working on. Um, but... No one needs to fear. There's a lot of boring stuff in there as well. So. <laughs> a lot of Hegelian uh, philosophy in there. I'm probably going to have to read some Hegel and some Heidegger at some point. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit familiar with them. That's cool. All right. Um, what about you, Maddie? Any Anything you'd like to shout out? Uh, I don't know. Nothing, nothing too top of mind. Um, the other TV show I'm watching at the moment, um, I, if, if anyone happens to have Apple... Uh, Apple TV or whatever it's called. Um, I've been watching The After Party, which is sort of a murder mystery show. It's pretty. It's like a comedy mostly <laughs> for being a murder mystery. So if you if you miss mystery in Riverdale, you can watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that sad that we have to send people to other shows because our show doesn't have everything it used to have? Um, yeah. Well, I do. I I just remembered. I should mention that I'm finally watching Supernatural with my roommate. Uh, which is also a classic, very popular CW show. And I gotta say, these CW shows, there's a lot of similarities between them, including the metatextuality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I gotta say, I, I just finished up Tom Swift. Like I, like I said before, there's only one season, another CW show. It's very CW, so take it as you will. But um, it was, um, I was entertained. Uh, Ashley Murray's in it. She's great. Um, 
it, it has some interesting uh, elements. Uh, are you guys familiar with Tom Swift, the character? I think he's not really. I think he's a spin-off of Nancy Drew. Like I think it's like a book from the past, but it's it's set in the present. He's like a scientist, inventor, uh he's rich. He's um he invents technology that takes people to Saturn. Um cool. Yeah, it's interesting, but then like you find out that his enemies are this group called the Road Back, and they're basically like anti-technology people. They want to send us back to pre-technology times, but they're using technology to do it. <laughs> um, they're not Amish people. They're just... They just hate technology. And they have a point, you know, because technology's getting out of control. Like, Elon Musk is ruining everything. AI is out of control. Like, don't get me started. But... Um, yeah, it's an interesting show. It's too bad it got cancelled. Um... What else? I would like to say that I wrapped up Secret Invasion, so you can hear our podcast about that um, if you're interested. Um, I also went to the movies this weekend, and I saw Haunted Mansion. It's about a haunted mansion. It was. I was gonna say, what did you think? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was kind of funny. Um, I mean, it's pretty much what you would expect. Like, it's a Disney horror movie so it's not like super scary um it's uh based off of that ride i've never ridden i think they have one at disney world and disneyland are y'all familiar with that at all i have been to disney world but i i if if i've ridden on haunted mansion it did not make an impression in my mind Mm mm-hmm I, I have not been blessed with a trip to either of the Disney's. Well, one day I will, but yeah. Yeah, I went to Disney World. I've been there before, but I, I never got on that either. So it wasn't a thing for me. I just went because, you know, uh, my boyfriend wanted to go. But we had a good time. <laughs> well, that's nice. I feel like it's it's it's, pos- it's possible that it's more enjoyable as an adult. Because as a kid, I feel like you get really overwhelmed easily and hungry easily. And also the standing in lines is like, I don't know. But I didn't go as a kid that much. I went like once or twice. So. Oh, I'm talking about the movie. Like, uh, yeah, we went to go see the movie. Oh, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it... Well, that I can't speak to. I did not see it. <laughs> it was... Um... It was interesting. I don't know why it released in July. I think they should have released it in October. Maybe it'll come out on... Yeah, that would have made more sense. Yeah, maybe it'll be streaming in October or digital by then. I don't know. Um, so I think that's about it for me. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me on this Riverdale review. And thanks to everyone listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please like, subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, you can message us or follow us on Twitter. Is it even Twitter anymore? I don't know, but I'm still there. I don't want to call it that. I refuse to call it that. Um, (laughs) It's kind of a dumb name. (laughs) It really is. And I'm like, why is is this happening? Um... I keep trying to go to other platforms. Like, you hear me listing all these platforms, but none of them, I hate to say it, none of them offer what Twitter 
had like Twitter had a comprehensive search function. It had trending topics. Like it used to have news. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, now it has a bunch of like really nasty guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I still still have my community of nerds that we're not like nazis or anything we're not fascists we just like to talk about no, comics and stuff them, but the number's gone up yeah it's definitely outrageous like it's terrible like i wish i could go somewhere else but i, I tried threads it just doesn't have the same features that twitter still has unfortunately did you does, have either of you tr tried threads i haven't tried threads i i finally got onto Oh, lucky! I haven't, I haven't been there very long, so I, I don't, I don't really know the vibe. That it, it looks just like Twitter, but there are not that many people on it still. So yeah, like, it's, not, it's not as active as Twitter. I think I'm still on the wait list. Like, did did you know? Like, did, were you on the wait list before they approved you? I I was on the wait list. I, I just got my approval last week, so fingers crossed that they're they're just rolling it out to more people now. Do you have, like, an estimate of how long it took? Ooh, great question, because I don't remember when I signed up for the wait list first. I'm not, and, like, they didn't not sure. I know it was several months. But... And they don't even send you, like, a email, like, okay, we, we put you on the wait list, we'll let you know, we'll get back to you, like, just press a button and hope it works. Yeah, no, it was just, yeah, it was out of the blue, like, yeah, last week I got an email from them. It was like, oh, well, we'll it's, yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> well, I'm still hoping for my uh, approval, and then I'll join you on there. But uh, for now, you can find t the MV Comic Book Nerds on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, then League of Comic Book Geeks. <laughs> and would either of you like to shout out any social media? I don't have anything to shout out because I'm pretty anti-social media except for Reddit. <laughs> you could join those villains on Tom Swift who are like anti-technology. <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, like, I'm not anti-all technology, but I'm not a huge fan of social media, but it's okay, it's okay if other people use it, I'm just not a fan of it for me. No, that's fine, I'm not, I'm not trying to tease you too much, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, alright, well, uh, Maddie? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like no one needs to find me sometimes on Twitter still. Alright. Well, um, thanks again, everybody. Uh, I do want people to tell me what you think of the podcast. Like, you know, like, are we right? Are we wrong? Are we crazy? Are we, um, do you like our discussions? Do you want us to do something yes, after Riverdale? What are we going to do? We only have three more left, so <laughs> we need your feedback, guys. Let us know. Um, all right. Maybe we should talk about the Winchesters next. <laughs> hmm. I have not watched any Supernatural, but I have watched all of Smallville, and I know that uh, Tom Welling is in it. Right? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, I would be intrigued. But anyway, we'll see. Um, Alright, everybody. Uh, Alright, all you Hep Towns people. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> Can you dig it? Bye! 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 <laughs> Bye! Uh -huh.